Here we are. We are live. It is Friday, cliffcentral.com, and uh, we've got a full menu for you today. I see a bunch of stories in the news. Let me just give you a couple of headlines here, and if you have any comments, uh, Ben and Candice, go for it. Um, Mount Everest, apparently climbers will need to bring poo back to base camp. About time. Because (laughs) Candice's face. (laughs) Apparently... um, Climbers, because there's so many of them now, and Mount Everest has also become something that even average, not particularly brilliant people can do. And I take nothing away from people who climbed Everest. Don't get me wrong. It's like people who climbed Kilimanjaro. I haven't done it. I think it must be an enormous achievement, but it's like doing the comrades. You know, you can come in after 10 hours. You know, you you shit yourself as you cross the finishing line and you get a bronze medal and you can put it on the wall in your house that nobody will ever look at or ask you about, but you feel good about it, so it's fine. And the same goes for Mount Everest. There are so many people climbing it that they're leaving their shit everywhere. And the, the, the Nepalese, because there are no Tibetans anymore, only Chinese, the Nepalese are saying, guys, you know, at least bring your shit back in packets rather than just leaving it on the mountain because it freezes every year and it never goes away. Yeah. It's like when you take your dog for a walk, you yeah. pick up their poo, yeah, put it in the bin or something. And don't expect your, what do they call the people who take them up the mountain? Sherpas. The Sherpas. Don't expect your Sherpa to clean up after you like a dog owner has to clean up after their dog. They're They've already, got a hard enough job. They're doing enough. They're carrying all your oxygen right. so you can breathe. So they're the, carrying all your food and so stuff. So all these average people can get to the top. The poor Sherpa has to carry the oxygen as well. I mean, it's just outrageous. Any comments on that, Candice? It's very important for environmental mm. cleanliness. I get it, but also you're climbing Mount Everest over days, right? So are you supposed to just have a plastic bag that you poop into and you carry it up with you and you carry it down? Like, I I, I don't know, Gareth. This is not for me, hey? Like, I'm just – and also is it like people are weird. So some people will keep their ish with them for the rest of their life. I mean – like someone said in the comments, some people are full of shit, and yeah, right. some of them will bring it down and be like, "This is my Everest, my Everest shit." Yes, yeah. like, exactly. You know, but that's, oh, that's just like the, the comrades' marathon uh, bronze medal on their wall in Springs. Uh, someone's going to have a, a packet of their own feces. Said, this oh. is this is the shit I took on top of Everest. Isn't isn't it impressive? And we're all going to have to go. Yeah, very good. Uh, I think that's actually fair game. I we, don't think we, any of us are going to say yeah. No, none of us are going to say yeah. Not? I think we would leave that house with, exp- like, I would be out of there so quick, Gareth, because now I can't trust you. I don't want water in your house. I don't want, don't offer me anything. I barely want to sit on the couch. I'd be like, oof, I, I don't know how these people get down. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. So well, Yeah, and someone said adult diapers. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe. Yeah, mm. but adult diapers is, is fine if you've got, like, an issue but if you're pushing good stools out, there's no, it's a, it's a volume thing. No. So Mapello is attacking my character here. This is why I love the comment section saying, Gareth used to have a crush on Taylor Swift. He really used to like her. Well, I think, yeah, there was something appealing about her when I was 34, 35. I got it. Uh, it's like it was, yeah, she was this hot new thing on the scene and she had uh, these cutesy songs and, you know, she was she was true to her character. What made her famous in the beginning was that she was the real deal. She was a girl who'd 
broken up with guys and had like a story to tell. Mm. But I think it's just tired after what, 15 years of trotting out the same horse. Uh, it's exactly the same conversation we had about the pod bros earlier. Really, it's, it's enough already. Um, wow. I've never actually thought this much about Taylor Swift. I know, but now, it's now the that most you I've ever it. spoken about her. <laughs> it's, just, it's like quite divisive because the next generation of girls, I mean, Kenneth's kind of brought it up, is that you're now normalizing this kind of stuff. You're gonna, look, when you're young, you're going to have breakups, okay? People are going to say things in the moment they're going to seem mean and horrible, but that builds your character. Don't now make men the enemy. Don't now make think that all women are going to do this. Right. She's playing into this game, which is like, yeah, because everybody feels vulnerable about relationships and they feel like victims. And she's pouring fire onto this yeah. as one of the biggest celebrities in the world. It's like the way the politicians do this with race. But completely. Exactly she's, yeah. she's basically a Black Mirror episode. She's mm -hmm. a contrived pop star who's preying on the emotions of people who are unstable or just growing up, which also makes you unstable. Yeah. You agree? I only got stable when I was like well, 41. You're still not stable. In, in fairness, Ben, I think that what she is serving is a demographic of women that are maybe not meeting the guy that they're going to settle down with. And marriage is getting like more prolonged. Some people aren't getting yeah. married. Some people aren't meeting their romantic partners. And I think listening to Taylor Swift gives people comfort because they think to themselves, sure. oh, I'm not gonna, like I'm not the only one that's going to die alone. I think yeah. what people forget is what I call the Beyonce syndrome. Beyonce was getting us on the dance floor and I was there. Okay. Because you're going, all the single ladies, all the single ladies, <laughs> like we were doing the most. But we forgot, Gareth. The problem is we forgot that she's got Jay-Z at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We right. were she's actually bullshitting you. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then you so get home, you get home and you're lonely and you cry because you go to yes. sleep on your own. Yeah, because it's all the single ladies when you're on the dance floor and then you're like, I don't yeah. want to be single. <laughs> but it's exactly the same. Uh, again, to draw the, the, the parallel between this and those red pill podcast guys that you were talking about earlier with uh, Gorlock the Destroyer. These guys are just basically attacking women saying, all the things that are wrong with women, oh, women are sluts and they dress like this and they have low morals and low standards. But then Taylor Swift's doing the same thing about guys and neither of these groups of people are happy. As we said weeks right. ago, Taylor Swift is the female Andrew Tate. You that, did say that. that that's that, right. That's oh my pretty, gosh. Yeah. But she is. That's so good. I didn't think about it. Well, I didn't right. think about it either, but that's, it's, that's, it's exactly where it is. Right. I think that that's and where I we leave it. it's more dangerous. Yeah, well, I just want to leave it on Go this, on. Gareth. But I think it's more dangerous with Taylor Swift, unlike with Andrew Tate. We could Taylor all Swift see is, Andrew Tate Taylor Swift is more dangerous. Hang on, Candice Mama, this is, this is the headline that's going to get the, the clickbait. This is the thumbnail. Just make this an angry the, face. We'll Candace that Mama image. says... Taylor Swift is more dangerous than Andrew Tate. There we go. Capture. Let me tell you why. Let me because tell you. Andrew Tate, you could see, <laughs> is an a-hole, right? Like, we know this. Yeah. Whereas Taylor Swift sells herself as the sweet, sweet vulnerable, yeah, innocent right. woman. Mm -hmm. And so she sneaks into the subconscious because you're like, Taylor wouldn't hurt a fly. Meantime, right. she's spreading this rhetoric that is probably not good for society. Mm -hmm. So I think she's a little bit more dangerous. Well, that, is a, that is a hell of an observation. And to tie it back to the thing we started talking about this morning is Taylor Swift oh. and, and Cyril are both just duplicitous liars. They present, present a version of the world that is just not true. Yeah. And, and there, now we've come full circle. I can, we can finish the show right now. There's no need to carry on. 
sometimes you got to go short and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. All right, here's something I do want to talk about because I care about this even if no one else does, all right? So I'm going to force it in. It's my agenda. I'm going to push this through. Nuclear fusion. Does anyone else care? Nuclear fusion has produced more energy than ever before in an experiment that they've just recently done, bringing the world a step closer to the dream of limitless clean power. A new world record was sit, uh, set at the UK-based Jet Laboratory. Nuclear fusion, of course, is the process that powers stars, including the sun. It is um, what happens when you heat and force all the particles in the nucleus of an atom together, so protons and neutrons. And you force them together to make a heavier nucleus, which then releases all the energy you could possibly imagine. Scientists believe it could produce vast amounts of energy without heating up the atmosphere. The results came from the lab's final experiment after more than 40 years of nuclear research. So while Taylor and Cyril and Andrew Tate and everybody else have been talking shit for years, double that, quadruple that. And that's the amount of research these people have usefully done in the field of nuclear fusion. If it is successfully scaled up to commercial levels, it could produce endless amounts of clean energy without any carbon emissions. And crucially, unlike wind and solar, it would not be at the mercy of weather conditions. They even say there's a possibility, this is what excites the hell out of me about this, is that there's a possibility they could build small nuclear fusion devices the size of a suitcase that could power entire cities. That's not outside the realm of possibility. Imagine what that would do for the world. Cheap, limitless energy for poor people everywhere that wouldn't have to waste so much money on transport, on electricity, on heating their food, on all of these things, production, their mm -hmm. jobs, everything that you need to do to stay warm or stay cool or everything else. It would be absolutely amazing if we can get this right. So I am fully behind this and hugely excited. I hope it happens in my lifetime. Yeah, it won't, but I mean, oh, thanks, it's, it's amazing. No, it is, because who's making money out of that? <clears throat> no, no, there'll be huge money to be made if they can get the process right. Are you kidding? Yeah, but, but I mean, there will be people who lose money. Yeah, that's but, what you're talking about. But that's about. the thing. It's like, who's making money out of it? Not the people who are running whatever these things are who are lobbying politicians. Doesn't we, matter. Like, we, we know that story. We've also seen that these politicians are not nearly as influential as they thought they were. Mm. Slowly but surely, people all over the world, look at this brilliant, have you seen this guy in Argentina, Candice? This, uh, no, which guy? Javier Millet. He's my favorite He's politician in the whole world in my lifetime. I mean, I cannot remember being <clears throat> as interested in somebody uh, and their ideas in politics for, I don't know, 20 years. This guy is just phenomenal. And he is so smart. I mean, he's an economics lecturer by profession, which usually would make me a bit suspicious. But he's just, he's, he's out there teaching the amateurs in politics, just how it all actually works. And he's terrific. He's got balls too. And he takes no shit. Yeah. He takes no shit. Watch Argentina just blossom as a country under this guy. And they deserve it. They've had years and years of socialist shit. I mean, the last best president <clears throat> was probably Madonna. That was a long time ago as well. Yeah, Madonna when Madonna was their first lady, wasn't she? She was, yeah. <laughs> After Vita Peron, it was then Madonna. Yeah, Madonna like, was. Wasn't Madonna she, actually married yeah. to Juan Peron? I think she was. Yeah. Yeah, who can tell? I mean, there's the, we blur the lines between reality and uh, and pretend pretend. That's the whole that, – there's a there's an overriding theme yeah, but, this morning. But that's where she got her taste for Latin men when she was president of Argentina. Yes, that's right. And, and, and Antonio Banderas. 
yeah. was uh, was the, the, the king of uh, South America or something. Yeah, he was something too. like that. All right, so we've got lots of other stuff to get to this morning. I do want to throw this in quickly because it's an ongoing theme on this show too, is scammers. And apparently you, Candice Mama, almost got scammed enrolling in a university in the UK. Uh, did they get any money out of you? Oh, my God. No, thank, thank goodness. Thank but God. Gareth, what I've realized is when they get your information, they put you on what they call a scammer's database, uh -oh. kind of like romance scammers. You know, right. if, you, if one can scam you, they put you on this rotation. And so I was just innocently applying to the London School of Economics because I want to get my economics degree. That's a big deal. And That's a, well, don't, just, don't, just sneak, don't just sneak that in under the floorboards there. That's quite a big thing. Why did you decide... <laughs> No, hang on, because uh, that's a major decision. Why would you want to go and study economics? I mean, LSE is very, very good, but uh, that would be are – you, are you thinking of going into something like that professionally? Well, I just want to understand it more, Gareth. Okay. I think there's so many things going on in the world that have such a massive economic principle under it, and I just don't feel like, like uh, I understand it enough. Like Javier Millet. You should uh, you should watch him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and so yeah, so that's why I want to go into economics to have a better understanding of the economic world, but also to slowly start moving into it. And so I put in my details. It was the London School of Economics site, so that I was sure about. However, when I got a call from Rajesh, uh -oh. and I was like, "Hey, Rajesh," and he's like. Oh, you know, I saw your application. Now, come on, so the do the, do the, come on, let's let's just really cause some clickbait fire here and do the accent. <laughs> Go on. How did Rajesh sound? Go okay. on. Okay, wait. Hey, man, I have to say, my grandfather. Hey, no, my grandfather is Indian. Go so on. I'm allowed to. So you can get uh, away. Go. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, "Is this Candice Mama?" And I was like, "Yes." And then he goes, "So." I'm just calling because you enrolled at the London School of Economics. Is that right? Um, <laughs> I love the head movements. You even got the head movements London right. London School of Economics. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> but anyway, fast forward, as we're talking on the phone, he starts asking me like more in-depth questions that are in my enrollment paper. But I'm like, he should have this. So I say, yeah. it's in the paper. Yeah. And he says, yeah. okay, fine. So he starts getting a little annoyed with me. And he's like, okay, all we need is for you to pay. And I go, no, you don't, because I haven't been accepted yet. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is in order because you're like an elder. Um, you don't need to send through like your matric certificate. And I was like, that's actually incorrect, Rajesh. And he's like, no, 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 no. If you pay this, you're going to be enrolled and we can just uh -oh. move forward with the process. Gareth, this man tried to take so much money out of me. And I said, no, sir, not well today, done. Well done. Satan. Good for you. And not today, no, Satan. But now the problem, <laughs> that is the, now the appropriate problem response. Is that the scammers have now, like I was booking Delta flights uh. for my America trip. And now they've got me, Gareth, because I got an email from Nedbank mm -hmm. saying that, oh, your payments didn't go through for your Delta flight. Oh, We're yeah. the only ones that can process it. Mm -hmm. Follow this fun link. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, this is going to be my life now. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but I think they do put you on a database. I think once they see someone is scammable. Like poor old LeBung, who works yeah. for us here. She, I mean, LeBung has been taken by a thousand different scams over the years. And I think she's probably at the top of all those lists. They're like, she's probably oh. dating Rajesh at this stage. Yeah, she's she like, should well, be dating Rajesh. Yeah. 
this close to it now. Like, they, I'm sure that all the scammers get on like a group WhatsApp chat on their Dead Poet Society yeah. WhatsApp group, and they go, "Hey, man, you know, uh, you already want to take someone for a ride? This Lebang, she's fantastic. Hey, she'll just give you money. Just uh, hand over the money, or oh, no problems." Uh, all right, so uh, Taylor Swift. This is amazing how people jump to this. Taylor Swift is an agent of Baphomet, according to Ted DeBoer. Now, I don't know who Baphomet is. I assume like some kind of demon. But that's a hell of a stretch. I mean, fine. She may not be everybody's cup of tea. She's a product. She may be. She may be. Uh, yeah, she may have outlived her shelf life in terms of the kind of product she's selling. But clearly not, if people are still buying it. But to say she's an agent of what uh, Baphomet? I mean, it's a little bit of a leap. You know, it's like these people who say that Satan has to be at the bottom of everything. Right? Like, uh, if you if you dig deep enough, you'll find Satan. There's never just a human greedy explanation for something, or a human just going through the motions. You know, there, there are people who've been married for 20 years. They, they haven't had sex in 30, and they pretend to like each other. That doesn't mean Satan is at the bottom of their... Oh, I agree. I think people go jump to that conclusion far too quickly. Way too quickly. Like, Satan? Really? We have to go all the way to that? I do think the whole political left is kind of fueled by that, though. Cause by that, Satan? Nothing can be that sy- systematic. By Satan? It's, well, look how widespread it is. <laughs> I'll agree with you until that point. Uh, who's going to be watching the... Uh, oh, by the way, Gigashack agrees with me. Long live freedom, damn it. Loved this from Millet of Argentina. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sanella says Candace the scammed mama, but you weren't scammed. You got... You, <laughs> no, she fought them off. No, she, she managed to... She said, not today, Satan, and she got away. Exactly. She saw the Satan, the real one. Or Satan. Um, she does flash... Says, the Slippery Pickle says she does flash the Buffermet signs. All right, so Slippery Pickle, you have to explain what the Baphomet... Okay, I need to really understand. Is this the the god that uh, that Katy Perry uh, prays to as well? Baphomet. Let me just look this up. I've still got pictures of a a golf stadium around a hole. Baphomet. Let me just look this up. I need to know now what's going on here. Baphomet. Is that like a local Satan or is it universal? Baphomet is a deity which which the Knights Templar were accused of worshipping. It subsequently became incorporated into various occult and Western esoteric traditions. The name Baphomet appeared in the trial transcripts of the Inquisition of the Knights Templar starting in 1307. So you're dragging out some made-up shit from the 1300s but what is and a, saying Taylor Swift is worshipping this thing? What's a Baphomet sign? I don't know, but it's the... They've got a lot of pictures here. If I go to images under Baphomet, it's like the the traditional, you know, devil with the horns and the wings and okay, so the goat, like, you know, the goat thing. And I think this is, the, the sign is like this or something. Sorry. Or this. So this but this used to be the sign before Baphomet was a thing. This was a sign of blessing, benediction. So a Sam Smith music video, basically. Well, that, I mean, he's clearly, oh, yeah. he's clearly possessed by Baphomet. Or he's eaten Baphomet. He's eaten Baphomet, two. too. I think he's eaten him. That's how you, that's how you get the <laughs> no. most out of Baphomet. You've got to eat him. No. And V. Rose says, well, thanks to Gord, who hasn't been on the show for some time, I now worship Cthulhu. Yeah, there's another good one. Blame it on Cthulhu. It's just amazing. Like, people will always find an external locus of responsibility. They'll always find something, someone, some activity, some institution, as long as they don't have to take the blame. It'll be the devil or Baphomet or Taylor Swift or 
Cyril Ramaphosa. It's never like I fucked up, I screwed up. That's why I love Candace's story about how she was very nearly scammed, but she mm. outwitted them. Absolutely. Uh, Stop them take, in their tracks. Take responsibility. It's not someone else. Uh, don't take Ozempic. Go and lose weight the traditional way. Yeah. Although I, I am curious about this stuff. And if I do find someone who could supply it to me and I do try it for a while, I'll tell you if I do. I'm, I'm, I asked Jonathan Witt about it the other day. And? He said to me, uh, he, he's, he, there's, a, there's a professor he put me in touch with who's like the best at this stuff. She knows everything. So we can get her on the show. Okay. Why, if, if you can, why not? That's what Candace says. <laughs> I'm going to take her advice. She's, my, she's, my, new, she's my new GP. She doesn't even have an economics degree yet, but she's my new GP. You see, I mix up economics and medicine. To me, it's the same thing. She's clever. I'll listen to her. That's great. I'll take, my, I'll take diet advice from Taylor Swift as well. Uh, lol, we visited ancient ruins in Libya, Leptis Magna, which still has an arch with the head carvings of Medusa. Also, Caesar's name is still in the plaques, which is incredible. That is incredible. But no mention of Baphomet. No, huh? that's the first time I've heard of Baphomet, but then again, I don't really... <laughs> you don't know about Baphomet either? I don't really delve into these kind of things much. Yeah, well... I think that uh, here Xavier says, in the end, we must admit Taylor has extraordinary power with her millions of followers and others will always try to ride on that, including Satanists. Yeah. Well, those Satanists. Satanists. I interviewed one. By the way, I interviewed a, a South African Satanist. He goes by the name of the Friendly Satanist Yeah. on social media. In fact, we'll be playing that out on Wednesday next week. Very, very bizarre. Very bizarre. I mean, a lot of people in the office were worried and nervous to even have someone like that here. It doesn't bother me in the least. So that's the thing. What are you worried about? Yeah, I think they think that he was going to come and suck their souls out or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like Jane was busy uh, you know, everything, hiding in the, in the yeah, one room. And, Jane, you, you know, everything goes in cycles, right? I'm pretty sure that at one stage, maybe just because I was young and stupid, but I'm sure there was like a, there was a, a time for Satanists. They've really fallen away they recently. Their, they had their time. They've really fallen oh, away. Of in, late, the, in the 80s, do you, I mean, C- Candice, you're too young for this too, but I remember in, in the late 80s, early 90s, they still used to, they t- told us these horror stories as kids that if you, you know, wandered out late at night or you didn't uh, tell your parents where you were or you stayed at a party too late or whatever and you, instead of going to your friend's house, which you said you were doing, you went out somewhere else, the Satanists would get you and they would sacrifice you in some woodland ceremony and, you know, there'd be babies, blood and cats and all kinds of other shit happen. And I, I must be honest with you, I've, I've never really encountered anyone who actually went through all of that, but it put the fear of, all kinds of shit into me as a kid. Mm. I remember thinking these these Satanists, they're everywhere and they're coming for you. Did mm. you ever have any of that? Did people tell you the Satanists were coming for you? Well, was it the Satanists or the devil? Because wow. for me, it was never about the Satanists per se. It was just like the devil works through people, you know? And I think it's a very like brown person thing because yeah, we just afraid of everything. Like if you wake up at like, if you hear someone wakes up at like three and you just six, up, you just apparently off. that's witching you, you, hour. You just pissed I off mean, all the mixed race and colored people in South Africa. You're like, we're scared of no. everything. <laughs> no, look, I am a part of the like black and brown people community. And let me just say that I think our parents did us a disservice by making us fear everything. Like, you know, like, 
I remember there was once like one of our neighbors told my mom while she was driving in that uh, he woke up at three o'clock every day. And my mom was like, "Uh, uh-uh, he's a witch. Like, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, only witches wake up between three and six. And I was like, I'm in trouble then. I wake up up Monday to Friday between three and 6am and I uh, must have, ah! All right, listen, Ben, I know you got to get going. Thank you for being on the show this morning. We I will... do. I've got Satanists to go fight. That's right. Um, He's wearing his black. So I'm, can... I'm, wearing, I'm wearing all black. I'm there the Prince go. of Darkness myself today. Baphomet Ben. Baphomet Ben. There we go. That's my new tagline for next week. <laughs> all right, cheers. All right, everybody. All right, bye-bye, Ben. Uh, we've got uh, Candice Mama with us for another half an hour. This is fantastic. And we're going to be joined by Alan Committee, who I haven't seen in ages. Uh, he's here to talk to us this morning too. He's got a couple of shows that he's doing and some other cool shit. And we're going to talk about all the stuff that we've already been talking about. So uh, there's plenty to go on there. Uh, hey guys, Rajesh is in the chat, says Xavier. Oh, he's followed you from the scamming, Candice. Your your scam artist has followed you from the scams into our show. Now now we're all going to be getting those emails from scammers. Thanks very much. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, Rajesh, just give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, yeah. I don't need to be fighting scammers. Here he is. I'll try again later, Candace. That's what Richard <laughs> says. <laughs> Love it. All right. So, hey, Alan Committee, how the hell are you? Man, so good. Happy to have found the studio, to be oh, here on a beautiful Friday morning. You're happy to have found it. Why? Was it a bit of an ordeal? Well, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the worst thing that I've ever had to uh, encounter. But oh, it, okay. it was a slippery path through bushes and lovely oh. trees. And You didn't encounter any Satanists on your way. <laughs> no, not this time. I'm very happy to report. <laughs> how are you? How are uh, you? Nice to see you. It's been a while. Good. It has been a while. Yeah. So, uh, you, you're always busy, though. I mean, as... As comedians and performers go, there are there's some people who just, they work and work and work. And it seems to me like people really like working with you because you're dependable and reliable. You pitch up, you do what you're required to do. And then they go, you know what? If we need someone to do this, we do it with Alan because he knows his stuff. Well, that's very kind. Yeah, I, Don't you think that's right? I, listen, it's... Uh, Professional, man. Yeah, I think oh. there's something to be said for that. And right. I'm you know lucky enough to have many opportunities and do the thing. But I guess also there is just so much to be done and I'm, I'm I don't just want to be kind of pigeonholed into stand-up as much as I adore doing that and it's a great pleasure so in between and around that producing and writing and right. creating other stuff you're busy yeah busy you got you don't busy. rest on your laurels no sir so in case you don't know uh, Alan is doing a couple of interesting things including a new show which is called fast and reasonably furious yeah I love the title thank you um, so tell us about this show do you race cars in your- <laughs> I don't I am one of those unashamedly uh, big fans of that ridiculous franchise because oh, you like it well because it's so silly and it mm. says what it does on the tin and it, it and it's got more and more ridiculous you know there are 10 in the in the franchise in fact the last one is part one of three which followed the initial quadrology, which was part of the first trilogy with the spin-off in between. Is this because the guy died? Oh, he died, then he came back, then they were all family. I, they keep saying they're family, and There's yet Vin, they... Vin Diesel's Vin Diesel, that's right. And Paul Walker was, that's Paul, the man who He's the died. one who died. He ba- baked in his car, right? They, that's they right. They cooked him in the car. It, it, it do you watch any of this, wrong. Candace, Fast and Furious? Have you ever watched any I of I do. You do? I enjoy Fast and Furious, and I love what Alan was about to say about they all family. Well, they're they're all t- family. Vin Diesel tells you that two or three hundred times a minute. My family. I know. 
And we're my question family. is, if they're really yeah. about family, why doesn't he drive a Volkswagen Passat? Do you know what I mean? That's a nice sta- station, a station wagon. wagon. Yeah. Why in the two-seaters? That's hardly family-orientated. Like, maybe I'm going down a, a unnecessary rabbit hole Go here. On. But I am, I, I've never understood the uh, allure of Vin Diesel. No. He has somehow I, insisted on a career. Despite yeah, he's everything. For, he's forced us to watch him. And yeah. I, I just find the guy completely vacuous and stupid. I mean, he, I'd rather watch Taylor Swift than him, and that's saying something. <laughs> She's Honestly. got a lot of airtime this morning. Jesus. I love that, hey? I, We've never spoken about anyone this much on a Friday it's show. extraordinary. It's all Candace's fault. Yeah, I didn't want to blame anyone. but uh, Yeah, so, Foster, <laughs> so my idea, I guess, was from, from last year that everything was a bit mad and furious and we were hanging on wildly. Uh, but this idea of being reasonably furious, of course, which is a very white middle class thing, is, yeah. to, is to be angry but not too no, angry. Just be reasonable. <laughs> That's right. Right. You know, I'll lodge a complaint, but yeah. if nothing happens, then I'll wait till the next time and maybe get yeah, another those, chance. Uh, those women with the Karen hairstyles That's going, right. I don't mind if you get very passionate, <laughs> but just be reasonable, exactly. Alan Committee. Just be reasonable. And, and the yeah. fact is that as global citizens, of course, we should be angry about everything, poverty and sure. injustice and despotic leaders. But we get upset by things like paddle and pedal. How do we pronounce oh, it? Oh, sweet Jesus. Exactly. Have you fallen into that trap? It's such a big thing in Cape Town, uh, Candace. Is, is this something that you've had to force yourself to go to? Paddle? Uh, no. Oh. No. You want to talk about a no satanic interest. cult? Paddle. Yeah. I feel like that's got some kind of strange... I know. It's very competitive, Alan. I don't know if you've actually been here with the housewives of Cape Town, (laughs) but it becomes really like competitive where like the kind of paddle you carry is your license in. And they get very upset if you got like a cheap paddle as they look at it. Because you're not serious, you're so not if, committed to the sport. So if I pitched up with, and like, I'm not. if I pitched up with like a ping pong bat, oh they, yeah, no, you'd they be would never let me in. Never, right? no, <laughs> no, no, ever. The outrage. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so you, have you tried this? I've I played it once uh, for purposes of let's call it research and to uh, it's it's fun, it's silliness, it's it's fairly light cardio and it's with lots of fun people. You have to play in foursomes, don't even and um, all of that is you know it does what it says on the tin it's exciting having said that it's it it doesn't justify the kind of cult madness around it but this is nature of society we have to find something to focus all our energy into for a short while i mean you you both will know like there was a crossfit stage exactly then there was the people who did the obstacle courses right then I'm going to throw Ben in, into the fire here. He has the cold plunges <laughs> and the uh, Vim off. That's right. Oh my well, God, I took, you know, I turned 53, three and a half weeks ago. And 50? We, yes, sir. And thank you very much. And uh, it's getting to a ridiculous stage now. I'm starting to take life advice from myself, which is a very disappointing <laughs> thing to, for anybody to do. Um, but the, the truth of the matter is, yeah, Vim off, this is the other crazy in Cape Town. Run down to the sewage infested tidal pools, yeah. sit there and pretend you're having you know good fun someone pointed out the other day if that's true for all the health benefits you supposedly get from Wim Hof you know I think it's boosted immune systems and increased blood circulation if that's true that means the passengers on the Titanic when they're in the icy water they should have been the fittest of all well they would have been at their most healthiest wouldn't they just before it all went terribly wrong tits up Do you watch those people from your apartment Candice those people who go to the pools I do oh my god Hundreds I do. and, and thousands I was actually of them. almost inducted because oh. it's an induction process, right, Alan? Like you get inducted into the cult right. by a well-meaning person and they're smiling and they're like, my little Bobby had ADHD and since the cult plunges, you know, <laughs> yes. he's been doing great. 
And I'm like, that's because he's been shivering throughout class. It's yes, just right. he's not coping. It's possessed um, by, he's possessed yeah, by Buffermet oh, and Well, it's when they, have, when they have new terms. Last night, someone in the audience told me, no, <laughs> uh, it's all very good for you because you learn it's not just breathing, it's tempering. Oh. And, and then you find ways of breathing. And I was like, how many different – you either breathe through your nose or your mouth. So, Where so else are you breathing is, through? This is obviously what you, you comedians do so well, is you guys are able to take dumb stuff the rest of us are doing. Right. And you could just have endless material taking the piss out of us. And then when we see you on stage doing it, we like suddenly have, because people are so unaware of themselves, yeah. right? Suddenly you have this moment of reflection where you're like, oh God, that's me. That's, I do that. And I've been you, you, you either laugh or you cry and <laughs> yes. you cry inside a little bit, you yes. know? I do a little, I've been doing a thing in the show in Cape Town, uh, referencing it as a, Sometimes I, I sit in a, in a restaurant and I'll listen in on people's conversations. And I think that's quite fun because they're fantastic snippets out there. And there's a lady that I've got to know quite well. She doesn't know me, but we have breakfast at more or less the same time. <laughs> and I refer to her, I say she's half woman, half horse. She's one of those Constantia, oh. do you know, lovely dressage. And she, she sits down and puts her hoofs on the table. And, <laughs> and what's hilarious is when I do this bit in the show, I can see those women going, oh, she sounds awful. And I'm thinking, no, it's you. It is you, which is, you know, kind of delightful. Do you like as a, a comedian to see the audience? Because sometimes yeah. they make it so difficult to, to see them from the stage. And I've been on stages before, and when you look out, you can't often see faces Correct. at all. And, and some so theaters have, on you, have right? ridiculously low light, so yeah. it sits right in your eyes. But you want to see them. I absolutely do. And in fact, so you I, need to read their faces and, and figure out what's going Part of my delight, and, and this comes back to, I think right now you can stream and watch any comedian from around the world at any time. You know, back in, you'll remember when we yeah. were in 70s, 80s, you got bootlegged hey, kind don't, of. Don't include me in the 70s. <laughs> 70s. Uh, 80s, yeah, but not the 70s. Candace is like, what am I doing with these two old men? This is gross. We used to get, you know, I remember yeah. listening to when he, you know, Bill Cosby cassettes and um, early, you, whatever you could get from the States in the UK. Now you can watch anything everywhere. Yeah. The only thing that makes it different for me, the only selling point I have is the interaction with the crowd. Because the material, you could probably get something equal yeah. or equivalent anywhere else. And they tried to kill that during COVID, but yeah. it's back. It's back. Now it's back with it's a bang. Back. I have to be able to see my audience. Someone like Mark Lottring, who's just brilliant, he does the other way. You know, Mark mm. will make sure that the lights are absolutely dark. He sometimes tends to kind of close his eyes. When we work with him, Nick Rubinovitz and I will often ask the stage manager in the middle of his set to bring up the house lights to full. And you've not seen a comedian so shook <laughs> in the middle of any he hates set. It, huh? He hates it so much. But I, yeah, for me, I have to have that interaction. And you know, it's changed. Back in the day, there used to be a thing of trying to embarrass the audience or get them. It's not that. It's really, it's kind of like what you do. You want to have a chat with the audience, a real chat. So I keep saying to people, don't be shocked. We, we're here and there's something you're going to say and you don't have to plan anything. You don't have to do anything. Just respond. But I promise you, we will create something magical here in the moment. Comically, hopefully. And, and therefore also every show is different, yeah. right? And that's the delight of this, certainly for the audience. And I think for me as well, because every night you can have the same 90 minutes, but I've over the years really liked that moment of kind of moving between the set and the rehearsed and, and the improvised, the riffing. So I, I, I don't know if you both have experienced this, but I'm so up to here with people talking about AI. Yeah, I, I've, I've had enough, and I saw that that's one of the things that you cover in this show. Yeah, I, I don't, Candace, are you also sick of people talking about AI? 
I think I'm more sick about people pretending to know about AI oh, yeah, more yeah, than yeah, everyone yeah, else. Right, exactly. Like the AI douchebags who are like, oh, you know, like I know this technology and system. And then they try and educate you on something they've got no idea about. Yeah. So that's what I'm sick of. You AI experts, the well, futurists, mm -hmm. like. That's exactly the point I make in the show, actually, because as much as there's this huge discourse around the world, you know, is it good for us and should things be systematized and digitized or is it in fact robbing us of creativity? Mm. My point, I still don't know what the acronym is after chat. Is it chat GTS? GPT. Chat V? Well, you see, I can't remember. If I can't even remember that, that's where I'm at in this level of discourse. It's a disappointment oh, for me. It's a, uh, don't feel bad. Is it all right? I, it is I, okay. I think some people will be replaced faster than others. I hope so. And, uh, well, in some cases, it couldn't happen. I, it won't be long before Vin Diesel's replaced by AI. <laughs> I think he has been and a while me, ago. <laughs> AI is going to be much smarter than uh, Vin Diesel AI. That's for sure. Exactly. The singularity, that's the thing, isn't it? They tell us yeah. the moment when yeah. the machines become cleverer. I think that's already happened hundreds of years ago. Hundreds of years. Oh, I don't ago? know about hundreds of years ago, but it feels like which the, machines? The the spinning jenny. Anything I that mean, any <laughs> machine has got the better of most of us. What, that's the, the truth. The spinning jenny is smarter than us. You know what? I'm in a there's car. The, there's our next bit of clickbait there for the we show go. this morning. There's your headline. Alan committee says <laughs> the spinning jenny is smarter than most people. It probably is. Satanic it's not even spinning so wrong. jennies. Oh. I, when I sit in a car, and the, the windscreen fogs up. I still don't know if it's heat or cold that makes it go away. I'm not wrong. No one knows. You just turn all the knobs and close your eyes and drive faster. It works most <laughs> of the time. And I hope you don't smash into someone. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's there we great. Go. It's great to be in South Africa. No <laughs> sense of responsibility. Oh, my God. All right. So where's the show? Because people yeah. want to know. We're at Monte Casino at uh, Peter Turin's 400-seater. So that's not the big teatro. It's the other one inside the casino. But just explain to people, no cars, because they're going to see Fast and Furious. All right. And you're suddenly going to have a whole lot of like yeah. re rejection in the comments. Hey, man, where's the cars, man? Yeah. You know, so we don't need we that. We talk a little bit about, but a very really the show is an exploration of all kinds of foibles and madnesses around South Africa. I bring on a, a motivational speaker because that's the one thing we're blessed with uh, here in Joburg. I think there's 6,417 life coaches per square meter. I think that's in the constitution now. So oh. I, be, yeah, oh, no, you need, because uh, mental health is important, Karen. Very important. Very, very important. Everyone's so fragile. So, mental uh, health. I, drew, I do a, a kind of life coach. Prince yeah. fucking Harry needs mental health help. Now, that just shows you a spoiled prince that's right. uh, needs mental health help. And, and, and uh, this is the world we've come to. It's, uh, it's uh, all very depressing. Remember the princess and the pea? There was that, uh, it was like, like a nursery rhyme yes. stroke fairy tale. She slept on the mm -hmm. mattress with- You remember yeah. that one, Candice? The, the, this very yeah. precious little princess. Right. Uh, she could feel because she was so uh, unbelievably sensitive and, and precious. <laughs> she could feel a pea between two of the 17 mattresses that she had on her bed. Right. And I always think about that and I think- that's where the mental health crisis starts. Right. This chick complaining about her 17 mattresses and the pee. Oh, oh the pee in between. I like I this. don't remember what happened to her in the story, but it, she deserved it. She deserved everything that came out of her. <laughs> she deserved it. Um, oh, so someone says here to, to agree with Candace, AI bros have, a, have replaced the Bitcoin bros. Yes. Yep. Yes. Isn't that the truth? Right. Spot on. So you, you called that one as well. All right, so Alan, the glasses have come on. What are you looking for? Oh, uh, no, just looking at the comments. I'm 50 uh, now. I can't see. I need, I need specs. You I've got them? to the point now where I didn't have to wear them all the time, but I've, I think I have to now wear them all the time. Do you wear them when you drive? I do. 
and when you're looking at screens. And looking at screens. And now apparently these screens as well. I now wear them. That's I'm, I'm what I, that's to, the breaking I'm news. meant to wear them, but I think it's like giving in to old age. I'm well, not going to do it. Yeah, No, you must fight it until the last I'm minute. I'm not going to do it. And the other irritating things, I went to an optometrist now at the end of last year. This guy kept telling me he's a new kind of specialist I was recommended to and told me how good he was and seven years of studying, blah, blah, blah. Ugh. And then I looked into those stupid lens boxes. He just kept going better or worse, better or worse. I thought, well, you studied, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I doing all the work here? Uh, you don't have to wear glasses, do you, Candice? I do actually, Gareth. Do I've been you? blind since I was nine. Yeah, I wear contact lenses. Ah, I see, I can and never do the contacts. it's a bad one. Mm. It's bad. Like, yeah, Alan, like it's not an old age thing. Like Thank I you. am on negative seven. So basically, 7 I mean, I, I could, I could walk, terrible. I could walk into your apartment, be walking around the place and you'd only she hear me. Have. You wouldn't even see me, right? Yeah. You'd just hear me be, like breaking Look, things. Listen, Gareth, if someone robs me in the middle of the night and I don't have time to reach for my glasses <laughs> and they could literally just move my glasses, all they have to do is take my contacts and glasses they could wipe you, me suddenly, clean and I wouldn't have like, a penis Suddenly you're like Stevie Wonder. So apparently uh, yeah. at, at the Grammys, there's this very funny video. Ryan, see if you can find it. There's a video of uh, Mariah Carey on stage with Stevie Wonder. And Stevie is like holding the mic for her, but she doesn't pay any attention. He's just left holding this mic and he doesn't realize Mariah Carey's moved over to her. She's on his left. So she's not even sure like that he's paying attention. He can't see her obviously because he's fucking blind. And, uh, and and Mariah Carey just doesn't give a shit. She's she is not the kind of person you would want in your life if you had an, a disability. She would not be helpful. No, <laughs> Mariah. I don't get I don't get any sense that Mariah Carey would care for anybody with a disability. No. She wouldn't push your wheelchair Almost as far no. as a. She meet. wouldn't care for anybody. I think we yeah, probably just stop there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mariah Carey <laughs> makes so much money out of Christmas. Oh. That woman. She doesn't have to work the rest of the year. Unbelievable. Can I just say that during my festive season, my niece invited me to a nativity play. I don't know when last you've had to go. Was this a school nativity? School nativity oh, play. It was four hours. How old four your niece? Hour, eight or nine. Oh, my God. And you It was about that? four hours long. I think they played out the birth of Jesus in real time. But hang on. Okay. Okay. So I, I don't have children, but I've got nephews. Yes. No, likewise. And I've been invited to these things. Yeah. But I'm smart enough to know not to go. Oh, no, no. And normally I would, but there's only so many years that you can get away with Were it. Were you trapped? Point, Did they yeah. force you? Would they yeah. guilt you into it? We're not going to see you. And then you're gone and then thing, and then he'll be 14 and then oh, he'll Jesus. graduate. And at some point so you just what? go, all right, that's you, fine. Let's do you it. You know the story of Jesus. What do you have to go and watch some kids doing an amateur performance for? When I was in a school nativity. I played him, uh, Joseph, as Joseph Stalin. It was a very avant-garde production. <laughs> you dressed. <laughs> so as Joseph, the father of Jesus, you dressed as Stalin. Well, I, I got us, you... it got us room at the inn, you know, with a carefully placed conversation. Yeah. Anything's said, possible. I will send you to Colcos, <laughs> of course, farm. Suddenly we're, oh, we've got a room. We've got a room. Uh, yeah. Uh, they, they, what were they, kulaks? That's right. That exactly. you chased out of the, the barn. <laughs> Suddenly you got room at the inn. Unbelievable. <laughs> Have you ever had to go to these kids' uh, shows? I hate that I actually like it. Like, I think oh, it's no. sweet. I wouldn't mm. sit for hours. I would not sit for hours. But I think the trick is to have a well-planned excuse prior to going. So I will always go to my, like, friends, kids, things. Oh, my God. You're, you're, a, you're a saint. Like, oh, no, my God. I wouldn't do that. No, 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 no. But I'll always say something like, 
oh my gosh, I've only got 30 minutes, but uh, it's on my way oh, that's to where good. I'm actually clever. Oh, you've got an exit plan. So that's I will clever. have to sneak out. Yeah. And then like I'll always leave. I'm never there at the end, but I'm always there at the beginning. Mm. So that's very that's smart. How I do it. Yeah, that's you, the title of your autobiography. So you, you sat for four <laughs> hours. You well, sat for four hours? I might be comically exaggerating that a little bit. Ugh. But it felt like four hours, certainly. Okay, I've got to show you this video of Go on. Uh, Mariah Carey. And um, this is so great with Stevie Wonder. Just take a look at this quickly. It's so good. There's Stevie. <laughs> Mariah. She's so funny. Give us a check. So now yes, Stevie grabs. <laughs> so Stevie grabs the mic. Now he's oh. holding it. He's holding it up for Mariah. And she- I can't even <laughs> remark about what just happened. Does anybody realize that this is Stevie Wonder? Yeah. Did you did you realize it was Stevie Wonder, you bitch? Uh, huh? She's pointing the wrong way. He's on the other side. The microphone's in a different place. Real oh, life is funny, I man. The fact that Stevie, I mean, the fact that Stevie thought he was speaking into the mic initially, yeah. and he's just standing there, like you know, like just doing his thing, and then, <laughs> and then someone has to push his hand back, like no, 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 she's gone, she's gone. <laughs> you know, he used Please. to he used oh. to know what he was doing because he, he he always would uh, just bob around That's the right. microphone. So he'd go, "Isn't she lovely? <laughs> yeah. yeah, a natural Isn't mix. Isn't she wonderful?" <laughs> and then he'd get a good kind of zone around the microphone, but. Clearly he's lost that in old age. So it's not just you who can't see anymore. No, that's Candace it. who can't see anymore. Ugh. So Stevie Wonder can't see at all. At all. Right. Be grateful for small mercies. Always. You, you greedy bastards. Um, all right. So listen, I just want to talk about this. You have, you bought a bag of cement to fill the six potholes outside your Airbnb. Is that a true, is that <laughs> no, a true that's story? Not true. But, uh, really? No, it's not a true story at all. <laughs> it's uh, always lovely to come back. I grew up in Joburg. Although, in fact, I didn't. I grew up in Van der Bell Park. Oh, I oh, know. Horrific. And then to come back to Joburg. Every time I visit, Jesus. I now live in Cape Town. i got to be. Uh, I just admitted uh, to that. I know. Van der Bell Park. Oh, it'll be lovely when they finish it. Honestly, there's, it's. Uh, and it, now it's become much like kind of Madrand and Pretoria. It's all no, run now. No, so. Funderbell Park's got that enormous industrial plant yes. in it. That I don't know what that thing does except pump fumes into the atmosphere. That's exactly why it's there. It's got, it's got actual flames that come out of one of the towers. Yes. It's probably like the real-life Mordor, right? <laughs> I mean, like Lord of the Rings Mordor. If right. you've ever driven past Funderbell Park and you're way somewhere beyond Funderbell Park because no one goes to that no, 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 no. Don't you grow up with lung conditions then, no matter what? Yeah. It's uh, yeah. between that and Feyenoord. Well, it's the Vol, the Vol <laughs> Triangle, very similar to, you know, uh, what was what happened to the Triangle, the Bermuda Triangle? No one talks about that anymore. Or the Vol Triangle. The Vol Triangle worse. is much worse. There's exactly. still people who've gone missing in the Vol Triangle. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So that was where you grew up. That's where I grew up. And then and then moved to Cape Town, then, and then backwards and forwards between. So coming back to Joburg every kind of couple of months. How's your mental health if you came from Funderbell Park? Uh, non-existent. <laughs> well, with that, I have resilience. I have resilience. Nothing can oh, get to wow. me. I know. Right. So potholes, they, they have a big problem in that part of the country with potholes because they don't even have a municipality as far as I can tell. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, it's just what's left of the road now. I mean, right. it's, it's right. oh, there's a piece of road. I don't think people... Listen, the every, and, and Joburg, listen, driving here this morning, there was one intersection that worked, only one. And I know that everyone in Joburg knows this and it's yeah. boring news. And, but it is a little surprising when you come back and you just get shocked back into, 
oh, okay, and, and everyone's fine with it. We just kind of do it. Uh, and it's kind of exciting. It's Wild West stuff. Well, Hugh has a problem with you. He says, Go. imagine fixing a tar road with concrete. What are you, insane? Yeah. Oh, man, you, you've uh, called me out now. Sanele says, the Val River is disgusting now. Is it? Has it ever not been? Oh, I heard a horrible story this week. I don't even Die know if I can talk about the triangle. I no, like I, heard, I heard about some dude who'd committed suicide, and so he, he drowned himself or whatever. And then the police went searching for his body. They found him and seven other people who no one had said were missing. Boy. Yeah, seven bodies, eight altogether that they found there. How's that? There's eight people that just went missing and nobody bothered to tell anyone. Yikes. There it is. So this is the vile water that you drink from your tap, by the way. <laughs> Fresh with some uh, nicely newly dunked bodies in it. I mean, who knows what the state of decomposition there must have been, but that's oh. pretty gross. Wim Hof method must be tricky there. <laughs> 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 Oh, my God. <clears throat> Someone says here, USA has Stevie Wonder. We have Steve Kakana. Oh, mm. shit. Oh, shit. That's, that's no. great. Um, I, I love it when people out themselves publicly. Do they realize that your family will never believe you again, says Norman? What in terms Norman, of- Norman, you get to a point where you don't care. Like, you just don't care. Like, I think your friends who've got kids or your friends in general- already know that you just showing up is yeah. a miracle. So like you just, they indulge you as you tell them that, oh, I've got somewhere else to be, but they know you have nowhere else to be. You're right. going straight home. They're just happy you're there. It's like, a, it's one of those white lies. Everybody's in on it. Nobody gets hurt. Yeah. There's no victim of the crime. You just want to get out of something. I've often said to people, I've got to go somewhere just because I'm not having fun where I am. And people know that you don't have to go, but sure. they'll accept it because it's just, better for everyone don't yeah. argue don't make it a thing do you hate and the thing is it's kind of like ordering your uber before you leave an event <laughs> and then you just say your quick goodbyes and yeah. you're like and they're like stay please just one more like, drink no 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 can't let like, him down like five minutes away i can't <laughs> you know yeah god forbid you should let the uber I can't wait let him down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're gonna get a terrible four-star rating <laughs> Listen, these Uber ratings are a big thing, hey? Uh, I know, are they still, though? Yeah, I know someone who can't, he cannot get an Uber anytime, oh. anywhere. He, they won't pick him up. They, they see his rating and they're like, nah, this guy's dodgy. I'm not going to pick him up. Have you ever had conversations no, on Uber? I because I just don't. Uh, uh, yeah. But it, okay. I always talk to the Uber drivers. They're fascinating. Oh, I've sure. Even, you can have I've some even, great conversation. I invited the one Uber driver who took me to the show one morning because my car was in for a service or something. So this guy brought me in and I, I took him onto the show and we spoke for an hour and a half. In fact, on Saturday night, I went to that concert with Maroon 5 and mm. Keen and everybody else. On the way back with the Uber driver, I said to him, you must pick up some very interesting people because I'd arranged with this guy to drop us off and then to fetch us again afterwards because otherwise it would have been a yeah. disaster, right? You know what concerts are like. So he says to me, yeah, he picks up lots of interesting people. So I said, what about the Mahoshas? <laughs> so he said, yeah, the Mahoshas. No, no. So the Mahoshas, he picks them up and he says, he drops them, he finds, the, he picks them up from these, these very big houses in like Bryanston and Santon and... You know, and then he takes them back to where they live. I said to him, where did they live? Where did the Mahoshas live? He's like, nah, they live in flats, mostly. But they, I said to him, how can you tell they're Mahoshas? He says, no, well, it's the outfits. You know, they, they've got the high heels and the clear heels and the, the very short skirts. And 
I thought it was fascinating. I love talking to those guys. They will tell you way more than you'll get from any analyst on no, the television. Honestly. It's, it's interesting because in the show, one of the things I talk about is how everyone's got great stories. I mean, your whole career is predicated on this, is chatting to people and listening. And it might not always be things that you want to hear or opinions no, that you I agree with. Talk, but I just talked to Uber drivers about <laughs> mahoshas. What and are you that's talking it. About? You got your you got gold right there. <laughs> oh, that's all I got. Fair enough. But but I uh, really, there's material there. There's a yeah. gold mine there, Alan. You should speak to them. All right. You ignore them? No, I don't ignore them. I'm just saying that there used to be a thing, if you don't talk, that would affect your rating. That was, you've got to make conversation. And I just think you read it. If, the, if anybody talks to me, of course I won't be rude, and, and then you can gauge in an in interesting conversation. But if we both choose to be quiet, yeah, I, have so many, no, no, I, I take so many red-eye flights no, I, and you I, sit. I, no, I get you. You don't no. want at 5.45. Don't, don't feel you have to explain. Thank you. You, you don't owe me <sighs> any explanation. I've still yet. got a five-star rating <laughs> with you. You've lived half a century. You're allowed to have your opinion, okay? All right. And I do. So I, this, the same Uber driver was telling me about these machoshas, right? And he says this one, he had this very sad uh, situation where this – this uh, hooker, he, he picked her up here in Joburg and he had to take her to some Nigerian dude. In, and he knew it was a Nigerian dude because he heard the accent. Mm. And this Nigerian dude canceled her. He changed his mind about, about the hooker halfway to Pretoria <laughs> and canceled her Uber because he'd booked it for her. So, no. this, so she started crying in the back. And he then felt out of the goodness of his heart, or maybe he got some, you know, some uh, sure some recompense, whatever. There's a way to pay, I suppose, yes. if you don't have money. But this poor Mahosha in the back of the Uber, and she was pleading, she was pleading with him. She was saying, oh, you know, please don't cancel on me. At least let me have the Uber ride home. And he was like, No, I'm not going to pay for anything. And cut her off, and that was the end of it. I mean, these are hell of a these are these are terrible stories. This feels like a pitch for a new Showmax I think series. Uber drivers and Mahoshas is a whole it's subject. Beautiful. Candace is frozen, either in terror or because she's had enough of me oh, talking. That's a great <laughs> picture. Your picture's just frozen. I don't I, know what's I, going on there. I feel like I'm frozen. No, look at you. You just no, yeah. you are. You're frozen. <laughs> All right, listen, we got to... Okay, I'm going to leave and come back. Yeah, no, no, we got we got to wrap up the show anyway, so don't panic about it. Listen, uh, Candice, it's been such a pleasure to have you here, and I'm so sorry you had to sit through my rant about Sura Ramaphosa for 20 minutes. <laughs> you're, you're such an angel, and you, you sit and humor me, and you laugh, and but I know deep down inside you're thinking, fuck, please stop. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. I love you to Never. pieces. Be good, Candice. We'll chat to you soon, all right? Thank you. So good being here, Gareth. Love you, Cheers. my darling. Bye-bye. Uh, and Alan Committee, we can see you at the Peter Turin Monte Cassino Theatre tickets at Web Tickets from the 7th of February until the 3rd of March. So it's on right now. It's on right now. We do Wednesdays to Saturday, two shows on Saturday, Sunday yeah. matinee. Yeah, all good. Get there. Do it ASAP. All right. Thank you so much, Always sir. a pleasure, What sir. a pleasure to see you and good luck with the show. We'll catch you soon. Come Happy and visit days. us again. It's always nice to see you. All right, that's it for us. We will see you on Monday. Bye, everybody. Have a good weekend. Ciao.